AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Forward Thinking. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Forward Thinking, the podcast that looks at the future and says, a mechanical brain and a mechanical heart, my reflex is good and my vision is sharp, but I'm still missing one critical part, and it's you. I'm Jonathan Strickland. I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And I'm Joe McCormick. And, uh, you know, guys, uh, I don't know if you if you actually saw the episode of Forward Thinking that I did uh, for Valentine's Day, but, um, you know, love was in the air. I saw it. Did you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh... That was a fun one, talking about the concepts of romance and love, the future of it, and especially the future as it relates to artificial intelligence and robots. So I think we should try to do our best to bring as much dignity as possible to this discussion and not let it just devolve into teehee and, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, and more teehee. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, really challenging things to tackle here on multiple levels from a technology standpoint, from a social standpoint, from a cultural standpoint. I mean, there are, uh, you know, first of all, we have to keep in mind 
bottom level, there are very real people with real emotions that are are all wrapped up in this topic. And so it's, you know, we're going to try and be respectful of everybody. But at the same time, you have to admit that some of the concepts we're talking about to the average person might seem really alien to them or even ridiculous. And and we're, we're absolutely not trying to mock anyone who who has you know, these sort of feelings. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's we're trying, like I said, being respectful is going to be one of those things we're going to try and do throughout here. That doesn't mean we're not going to make a joke here and there because <laughs> we are who we are. All of us are a little bit 12, but it's so. more about being lighthearted. We're not poking fun at anyone. Now, first of all, this is a concept that is often used in lots of uh, science fiction. I mean, we've seen various films and stories as well as uh, you know, television series, uh, everything that you can think of that have, have explored this idea of a a human person falling in love with a synthetic being. Oh yeah, it's a it's a really classic trope. Um, it, it goes back at least to 1938's Helen O'Loy, which is a short story by one Lester Del Rey, or Bradbury's Marionettes Inc. from 1949. Yeah, I even go further back because if you look at uh, at mythology and you look at Ovid's Metamorphoses, the story of Pygmalion is very similar to kind of the stuff we're talking about. In that Pygmalion, a sculptor builds a statue, and he falls in love with his creation, which is eventually given life by the goddess Aphrodite. Yeah. And so this is not that different from what we're going to be yeah. talking about today. If you go even farther back than that, there's a uh, weird science. Right. Yeah, that predates <laughs> Ovid's Metamorphoses. <laughs> exactly. Because that was in the 80s, and yeah. everything came after that. Or uh, or just this year, the, the that movie Her, Spike Jones Her, sure. came out. Yep, yep. And so there are a lot of different choices that we could, uh, you know, I actually listed one, uh, Making Mr. Right, which was, I don't know, did you guys ever see that movie? I have not seen it. You haven't? Nope. Okay, this is one of those movies that I just remember coming on television uh, all the time, like in the, uh, maybe it was the, the late eighties or perhaps the early nineties. And it starred, uh, John Malkovich as a scientist who builds a robot. And the robot's purpose is to be sent out for, uh, into the outer solar system to do, you know, uh, astronomical studies. Uh, but, uh, a, a woman ends up falling in love with the robot and the robot ends up developing emotions. It's already artificially intelligent, but now it's actually become conscious and self-aware and emotional. And ultimately, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, which was out, you know, more than a couple of decades ago, uh, the scientist character, the human scientist ends up taking the place of the robot and goes out into outer space because he feels more at home by himself. He's the ultimate introvert. And the robot ends up assuming the identity of the human scientist on Earth. Huh. So, uh, you know, these, this is one of those ideas that has been explored multiple times. Uh, sure. We, we've also, on a less romantic and perhaps more straightforward level, have the example of Jude Law's character, subtly named Gigolo Joe, from AI, Artificial Intelligence. Right. Yeah. And so there we have a robot whose specific purpose, at least in the context of that film, is to be a, like a pleasure bot, something mm -hmm. along those lines, something that's there for physical pleasure. And in fact, you know, in the short term, that's really what we're talking about here, because we just haven't reached a point where in the artificial intelligence field, we can create something as deep and compelling as a robot that can realistically simulate emotions on a consistent basis. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that even the best 
artificial intelligence chat bot today could really make you fall in love with its personality. Yeah. Right, right. Her is definitely a science fiction movie in that way. Uh, of course, that doesn't mean that there aren't already some some people who are developing emotional connections to human-like dolls. Uh, there, there have been a few pretty sensationalistic documentaries, for example, about people who have married their real dolls. Right. And by married, we should point out that that's there's huge quotation marks because it's it's not legal <laughs> to marry an inanimate object. Um, and and as and as much as these people have a emotional connection to to those to those dolls and have backstories and names and whole lives with them, they it, it is not a legally sanctioned kind of relationship. And it's also when you think about it, it's it's one person fulfilling both roles, at least on an emotional level, uh, in a relationship because these dolls have no artificial intelligence. The ones we're talking about. No, are, I think these are, are, are just like rigid things, aren't they? Well, rigid might be a, the wrong no, word for I, it. I mean, like they don't they don't talk. <laughs> no, like, they don't talk. They don't have <laughs> no, any kind they're, of. They're, they're not motorized. Right. So yeah. so you've got these. You know, any any sort of emotional involvement is something that's being developed wholly by one side of this equation, right? There's not any sort of emotional response coming from the doll. Doesn't mean that the emotions are any less real. Let's be clear about that. But it's different from the kind of relationships where we are talking about two people who are reciprocating some sort of emotional involvement. Uh, sure. There's one of the frequent interviewees in, in these kind of documentaries is a man who calls himself Dave Cat, who's married to a real doll. And and a quote from him that I found really interesting about his relationship with his his real doll wife Sidor. I'm I'm not positive that that's the correct pronunciation. Right, right. But 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 at any rate, um, he said a synthetic, as in a, a synthetic doll, will never lie to you, cheat on you, criticize you, or otherwise be disagreeable. It's rare enough to find organics who don't have something going on with them, and being able to make a partner of one is rarer still. Which is. Tells us a lot more about him than necessarily the uh, this relationship, right? I mean, it's that there might be some elements there for some people who fear having an emotional relationship for fear of any kind of rejection, which I mean, that's natural, obviously. I, I think just about everyone has had at least one experience where they were afraid of some form of emotional rejection at some point in their lives. And so for some people, that fear can be incredibly powerful, oh, crippling. Acute. Absolutely. And so maybe something like this would allow them to explore an emotional relationship that, again, to them is just as real as any uh, relationship I might have with another person without that 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 obstacle that in the fear. way. Right. I, I, I thought it was a interesting point of view of, of just kind of wrapping up that that entire concept of how difficult it is sometimes to have a human partner. And yeah. that therefore this could be a, a good emotional substitute for some people. It's, it's also been suggested by some researchers that there was a report done out of the University of Wellington in New Zealand that robots could really help clean up the sex industry, helping solve a lot of currently existing problems like human trafficking and uh, all kinds of STIs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where you're, you know, for some people, uh, they're there. They may be saying, well, now you're you're substituting one vice for another. But, you know, again, this is this is really complex just because your own personal point of view doesn't match someone else's. You know, you got to try and, and distance yourself from it. The point with Dave Cat, though, some of those interviews, um, he can sometimes like it's it's the interviews I read 
were very telling to me because he would talk about the experiences he would have with his. He actually has two dolls, I believe, or at least in one of the interviews that at, talked at, about at the time. Two of them. At the time of the interview, I think he had plans to purchase more, but yeah. had two at the time. Right. Yeah. So, and he would talk about how he would pose them for pictures or whatever, and and or sit down with them on the couch. It didn't sound like it was. Um, any kind of, and he had invented a backstory, actually two different backstories for each of them, but it didn't sound like there was any kind of relationship there in the traditional sense, right? It didn't seem like he was sharing anything other than a short amount of time with them. And he was very forthcoming about, you know, what he was doing with these, sure. these dolls. So, uh, you know, but again, for certain people, maybe that is a way of for them to get some emotional fulfillment that they would not otherwise have. It, it sounded to me like it was a level of companionship that he found easier to deal with. And, yeah. and you know, and I mean, he he blogged that the, the dolls characters have online social, social media, media accounts. Feeds, yeah. So so there's <laughs> certainly time being spent with these um, invented personalities. But now. Moving forward, thinking ahead about uh, a time where we actually start seeing artificial intelligence become a component, because as we said, in these other cases, there's no intelligence there. Uh, and just to be clear, we don't want to take that as a necessary given in anytime soon. Right. No, no, no. This is saying that when it happens. Right. But I- imagining that we do at some point reach. Right. In the incredible future. Right. Yeah. Because we do not have the, we do not have the uh, magic artificial intelligence that's dawning right now as far as we are aware. Uh, but there have already been people talking about when that becomes a reality and what will happen as a result, including some people who have hypothesized that in the future, maybe as early as 2050, we will have a culture where it will be uh, completely acceptable for a human being to marry a robot. Uh, by people, I'm specifically talking about Dr. David Levy, who is a uh, a chess master. And while he was active playing chess in various tournaments, he witnessed the growth of AI within chess tournaments. And at first, AI and chess was, you know, serviceable. It could beat your average player, but was not good at going up against chess masters who would have lots of different flexible plans for changing up their game, which could really uh, confuse AI, chess AI. And for a long time, he just saw that it wasn't really you know, a match for a, a truly competent player. But that AI got better and better. And eventually, Dr. Levy began to get really interested in AI. He then uh, pursued a PhD, and uh, his thesis was all about human-robotic relationships. And he did studies on everything from the history of marriage and the cultural significance of marriage, uh, human relationships, artificial intelligence, and eventually came to this conclusion that by 2050, it would be legal for humans and robots to marry. He said it wasn't just a possibility. It was a certainty. I mean, assuming that uh, convincing AI is actually achievable mm-hmm. and that we can not only achieve it, but put it in a form factor of a, a human, a humanoid robot, that it was only a matter of time before someone falls in love with such a thing. And then... From that point, only a matter of time before it's socially acceptable and maybe, you know, also legally acceptable for a human to marry a robot. Now, that's an interesting idea. And there are people who very much disagree with it. uh, But I thought it was certainly something that we should discuss. Yeah. One of the technical challenges before we get into talking about uh, the implications of it, 
I think is the idea of this would be going beyond Turing, right? So we've talked about the Turing test previously. uh, And the basic idea behind the Turing test is can you create a robot that chats in a way that is convincingly human, right? That can sort of do text chat with you uh, and say things that really get you convinced. Okay. This is a real human being. Yeah. This is a true intelligence behind these words. Right. That says nothing about what you feel about that human being, only that it can convince you that it's not a machine. And I think the leap from, I think this is a real flesh and blood human being to, this is somebody that I would really like to spend a lot of time with yeah. is a big leap. I really a, a, a think Turing it, computer could be a jerk. I really think that you're being uh, a little, uh, you know, I, I think it's actually not as big a leap as you think it is. Really? Yes, because we have already seen evidence of incredibly sophisticated computer programs that can analyze what you like based upon the, the activities you do already and that are already shared on, say, a social networking site, oh, where based yeah? upon the actions you take, someone can learn a lot about you just with a few data points. <laughs> you might think, like, I don't share that much, and yet a program such as, or a, a social networking platform like Facebook can, quote-unquote, know a lot about you based upon your behavior. Now, if imagine that you have not only a chatbot that can realistically simulate a human's responses so that you don't know that it's uh, uh, an artificially intelligent construct on the other end of those words, but it also is able to incorporate all the things you like and incorporate that into a conversation naturally. Mm. So now it's not just a personality, but it's a personality that starts to share some of your same interests and passions. I could easily see someone falling in love with that. Also, I should add, I met my wife online through a chat room, fell in (laughs) love with my wife met her for the first time in person after we had already been quote-unquote dating online. And so to me, this is a very realistic kind of uh, outcome. Uh, yeah, but I would say one Not difference my wife is a robot, that I'm way. sure you would acknowledge <laughs> is that your wife is a wonderful human being. who She's pretty good. <laughs> who yeah. is a human being who happened to be who she was to begin with. And if you were to interact with a human being who had done extensive research and analytics on you and tailored everything they said in getting to know you with uh, the eye towards pleasing you, that would probably make you feel weird if you were to discover that. Let me counter that. Let's say instead of a personality that tailors everything to seem like it pleases you, it's just a certain probabilistic approach, a certain percentage and if it's a an intelligence that has access to essentially everybody's likes and dislikes, you could have an artificial personality that seems to have interests that are completely independent of yours. So in other words, seems like a fully fleshed out personality. So let's say, for example, Joe, that you uh, you happen to love hiking, but you despise smooth jazz. And this this robotic construct doesn't really care for hiking, but loves smooth jazz. However, there are other things that you have in common. So as you have discussions with this artificial personality, some things you find out are different from the stuff you like, which is important, I think, in relationships. Sure. Yeah. sure. You, know, you know, that's another you reason. You don't want to date a copy of yourself. No. Which is why it kind of goes back to my concerns about the people who have these emotional relationships with dolls, because ultimately they are kind of having a relationship with themselves because the dolls themselves, they imbue a personality upon those dolls, right? 
The dolls themselves don't have a personality. No. So, but in this case, talking about an artificial personality, I could easily see something. It wouldn't even have to be terribly sophisticated in the grand scheme of things that could be completely convincing. Oh, it's kind of the the argument that was introduced by Stepford Wives is kind of silly of an example Mm -hmm. as that can be, which which originally, if if you've never seen either of the films, was a novel by um, Ira Levin in 1972 but okay spoiler spoiler alert on stepford wives y'all it turns out these that these men in this community are creating robot versions of their wives and like idealized idealized robot versions of their wives who will be happy cooking and cleaning for them and all of that kind of stuff essentially they become these subservient always pleased uh never uh, upset with their husbands. Like there's, there's not supposed to be any kind of conflict at home sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 and it's showing a really dark side to that very typical kind of fantasy where you're thinking about Mr. or Mrs. Wright. And in your mind, Mr. or Mrs. Wright might be a person with whom you have perfect harmony and everything goes well. And they, they're, and they, who, you're, you're who happy. gives to, you everything you want. Right. You maybe, maybe it's, re, maybe in your, uh, fantasy, it's also reciprocal where you are both catering to each other's desires and fantasies and needs and wants that that's possible. It may not just be a one-sided thing. I'm not suggesting that Mr. or Mrs. Wright fantasy is always going to be purely selfish, but it still is this idealized version. And the question is, if you were actually able to achieve that, if in other words, if you were able to have like a tailor designed uh, personality, whether it's an artificial intelligence chatbot or an actual robotic, you know, presence, would that eventually mean that you would, would you be able to have like a satisfying, meaningful relationship with that artificial construct? And furthermore, would it be mentally healthy for you to have the capacity to create a partner for yourself? Right. And one of the ethical implications I've had, I've brought up, and this is even before we talk about the possibility of a robot having any kind of self-awareness or consciousness. Even right. if a robot can't, like, even if it's just running a very sophisticated program where it's simulating that. Yeah, here and, we're just talking about simulating behavior. Yeah, yeah not, let's not. It, so to put it in absolute terms, it has no experience. Like, it's having right. no individual experience. There whatsoever. is no body who is that robot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Would it, even in that case, I still find it a little troubling uh, personally, to think of the possibility of of designing one of these things and then maybe two years down the road thinking, this isn't really working out for me. I'm just going to hit Control-Alt-Delete and reprogram this robot from the ground up, give it a brand new set of behaviors and personality traits, and it'll be like I have a whole new person. Like, to me, that's a little... I don't know. It just maybe it's just because of my cultural background and my social background, but it's a little troubling to me. Well, I would say one of the most important things about our relationships is that over time we grow and mature through conflict and compromise. Sure. And yeah, if you some, some are more than others, if you are not experiencing any conflict and compromise in your relationship, you're you're probably not growing in your emotional maturity. Right. So would you be okay with a with a robot that had the kind of AI machine learning that would let it introduce conflict and resolution and growth in that way in in both yourself and your robot partner. Uh, I'm not sure what I would be okay with in terms of what other people do. So I'm not sure in this whole discussion that I feel comfortable saying what I feel would be right for other people or Uh not. I certainly wouldn't feel right for it for myself. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's I, I'm trying to do the same thing, Joe. I'm trying to approach this from, OK, from my own personal standpoint for me, because, I mean, it, I don't feel really comfortable telling other people what they should and shouldn't do either uh, unless they're on my lawn, in which case I feel very comfortable doing it. But, uh, you know, in this case, yeah, it's 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 tricky stuff. It, it brings up this concept of machine ethics, which uh, is interesting because it's a developing field, right? It's not something yeah. that is it's not like we have a uh, carved in silicon list of rules. You know, it's not like I, Isaac Asimov's three laws of robotics that's been codified somehow. It's actually a developing field of study. Uh, yeah, I mean, machine ethics, I guess, is all about how to get robots or computers or machines, whatever, to behave in ways that we would consider ethical. Right. And it's a complex field because it involves, number one, not just how to get their intelligence working in a way that it executes ethical decisions, but number two involves questions we haven't even necessarily settled here in the world for ourselves, like what is ethical in any given situation? In a, oh, like in sure. a human-to-human interaction. Uh, yeah. yeah, let alone a human-to-machine interaction, which I think should be the, which is not really what Asimov covers in those three laws of ethics, but I think is possibly the more important kind of responsibility of if we are creating something that is capable of having any kind of individual experience experiences or emotions. Oh, right. It's sort of the other way around. It's not just how do we get machines to behave ethically, but uh, we need to think about do we need to behave ethically toward machines? Exactly. Which we've talked about before in our Robot Rights podcast. Sure. So if we get to a point where we're able to have uh, robotic, uh, some sort of robotic potential spouse that seems to have a fully fleshed out personality and set of behaviors seems at least on the surface to have the same sort of qualities that uh, another human being would have. So you're saying like its own independent personality, you can't reprogram it at will. Right, right. It right. Uh, it appears at least on the surface to be as quote unquote real as a another human being would. Uh, then you have other questions like, well, is it having an individual experience? If if it's so convincing that to us it is indistinguishable from a, a human being's personality, can we be absolutely certain there's no individual experience going on there? I mean, think about it. If it's a robot and there's some chance for it to have an individual experience, it might have an individual experience that's completely independent of whatever its programming is forcing it to do, which is the most horrifying thing to think about. Yeah, like, it's hard to imagine what that would be like. And I think, to be fair, all of our intuitions tell us, no, there's no such thing as what it's like to be this machine. Right. But we can't know. Well, especially once we get to a point where uh, artificial intelligence gets so complex as to be indistinguishable, right? Then, then there's real questions. You know, yeah. it may be, it may be that it's having an individual experience that is impossible for us to define in human terms, but it doesn't mean that there's not an experience but, going on. Oh, sure. And I mean, furthermore, the same way that we all feel bad when someone kicks a robot dog, and we do feel bad about that. I mean, I mean, colloquially speaking, we do. I haven't read any research specifically about it. <laughs> yeah, but... I, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, no, the, the anecdotal evidence in this room is 100 percent in a group. Well, I don't know about I don't know about our, our producer. Noel no loves kicking robots. <laughs> the cuter they are, the better. He's just grinning evilly. So I'll say 75 percent of this room are definitely <laughs> against kicking robot dogs and with a possible 25 percent on the fence. Uh, so I, I would argue that there is possibly some kind of um, mental toll to be taken, uh, allowing yourself to put yourself in this in this kind of weird God situation where you are creating and destroying robot personalities. Yeah, I just I 
I, I keep thinking I need to write a story where it's kind of another one of those explorations of the quiet desperation of of the suburbs. You know, those stories that were really popular in the 80s and 90s. But yeah. but set it in the future where you t- talk about on the surface, this relationship looks perfect. Right. Whether it's a, a robot man or a robot woman doesn't really matter, actually. Uh, but there's a human and a robot, um, sp- their spouses. And on the surface, everything looks perfect. And the human spouse is perfectly happy. And the robot spouse, to all outward appearances, is perfectly happy. So much that it's indistinguishable to the human person whether or not the robot's happy or not. But deep inside, under those layers of programming that force the robot to behave a certain way, the robot is desperately unhappy. It's just screaming. Like, that's yeah. that's terrifying to me. And, yeah. it's, and it's something it's that... It's awful. It's, when you think about it, it's something that theoretically, assuming that we get to this point where an artificial consciousness is possible, that's a possible outcome. Yeah, it's one of those weird things where we don't know. It kind of seems unlikely, but yeah. then again, just the fact that it's possible is freaky. Yeah, so again, that raises this question about what, how would we ethically go about an approach where, you know, when you think about it, these robots would be, have to be built for companionship purposes. You know, I don't think we would be talking about, like, in, in Futurama, all the robots in Futurama are built for, for ridiculous reasons. Like, you have yeah. orphan robots. <laughs> so someone <laughs> built a robot to be an orphan robot. But, it, you know, I can't imagine that this would be something that we would see in, like, a general purpose robot. Speaking of Futurama, Futurama actually posits a uh, another implication entirely to this mm-hmm. uh which is done satirically of course but um what they they there's one where they watch a little instructional video why you shouldn't date robots what's the danger <laughs> in Futurama world mm-hmm. they're too good yeah like the robot lovers are that you don't you don't do anything else you just like hang out with your robot companion and because it's you, perfect. Yeah, and you don't do anything productive, and then Earth gets taken over by aliens, and you don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you know, another one of those arguments, right? But, I mean, it's, it's it, we're, we're having a little fun. We're joking around a little bit now, which is good, because the, the front half of this was a little heavy. But, um, uh, you know, it's it's it, it really is kind of a deep question here. It's one of those things where... If if we haven't reached the point where there's any kind of consciousness, maybe we're completely 100% confident that there's no consciousness yeah. within these robotic companions. The question there is, can you have a meaningful relationship knowing and in your heart that this is a, an artificial construct with no real meaning behind it? And on the other hand, if we aren't sure or if we feel like there is a consciousness, can we be sure that this is what that consciousness wants? I mean, it's yeah. it's a tough question. So so do you guys think do you guys agree with Dr. Levy? Do you think that that we're going to see human uh, robot marriages by 2050? I mean, 2050 is a long way away. So there's that. Uh, uh, you know, I think it would depend on what you're talking about with this sort of legal and social idea of sure. marriage. Um, <clears throat> well, so- I think imagining the idea of robot marriage on a continuum with uh with human marriage uh th- throughout the sort of like legal metamorphosis of it is not really accurate it's it's that, not it's so not accurate that it's in fact really offensive i yeah. think too i mean because i've i've heard dr levy compare it to interracial marriage or gay marriage and that is so offensive y'all well, that is just not okay because the because, difference is yeah there's no human right right <laughs> you're that is not a valid comparison because 
all all of those other kinds of marriage are between two human people that just society has previously said shouldn't get married. And I see that now in the robot robot human marriages, you still have one human component in that. So, I mean, it's not I'm saying not it's not analogous. It's not comparable, sure. I would say. But at the same time, it's 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 there's still a human element to this question. And it, depending upon the question of consciousness, uh, that also makes things it's different. It's yeah. Again, you don't yeah comparing it and putting it on that spectrum is a mistake. I agree. It's a different set of questions we should be asking. All I'm saying is that is that a marriage requires two consenting people, at least in our country. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. And Ideally, anyway. And so, yeah, you're you're getting into a technical definition of of personhood, right? right yeah, and you get into the question of and desire, you, right? If you're talking about marriage in the sense of two consenting entities, however you want to define that, can you be sure that the robot is? I mean, there's one party that, as far as we know, uh, at least in, right now, could not give consent because it's legally we don't have, incapable, yeah. legally and physically incapable of consenting. So to, then, you know, that's a that's a whole other can of worms there. In the short term, at least to me, it seems like the idea of including a robot into marriage, while I don't want to like disdain that idea, it does seem like that would just sort of entail a dissolution of what m- marriage means as a legal or social concept. Because if, if you can marry an inanimate object, no matter how lifelike it seems, I mean, can you marry like a, a painting or like uh, a computer program that's not autonomously moving, say, could you mo- marry like software? Well, and and the other thing is that, you know, the legal definition of, of marriage is more about uh, contributions to society as well. Like it's it's property it's a, taxes. Yeah. Ownership. yeah. I mean, it's a very like it's a very paperwork heavy kind of thing. It's not this is taking all romance out of any sort of relationship. I don't mean that when you get married, all romance goes away. And I'm not a sitcom from the 1980s, yeah. but uh, but what I mean is that when you're look, looking at the whole legal approach to it, it's really more about this is this is the institution inside this legal system that uh, changes your designation in a legal way. Maybe by 2050, we don't see a legal marriage between humans and robots. It may just right. be that what we do see is a general acceptance of the fact that there are some people who have what they feel is a completely emotionally fulfilling relationship. A with robosexual a synthetic... relationship. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's one of those questions that's really hard to answer right now because we're so far removed from a world where that is you know, a, a realistic question. Right. Yeah. Like the, the cases that we see, the ones that we've mentioned so far in this episode are really, as you mentioned, sensationalist in the sense that this is far, uh, it's, it's nowhere near like an artificial intelligent being. It's not a robot. Um, and it's just one of those, uh, things that unfortunately a lot of people like to point to because it's so far outside the norm that it's a curiosity. That's, oh, right. that's something to, uh, either scratch your head at or laugh at. I mean, that's the way a lot of people react to this sort of stuff. Um, but I mean, it could be that by 2050, it's one of those things that while it may not be fully socially acceptable, I could see it being something that is not unheard of. Um, as again, uh, make that is completely based on assumptions that our artificial intelligence progress is going to continue to a point where we can have these sort of realistic personalities. Now, can I ask a 
pretty scary question, at least from my point of view. Okay. Uh, is, if it's, did you know there's a spider on your head, then you may not ask that because <laughs> it will freak me out. No, I'll just let it crawl around without okay, alerting fair enough. you. Yeah. Shoot. It's a black widow. Okay. Um, so in, in the, if you go far enough in the future and imagine what we're talking about, this kind of like absolutely indistinguishable human mimicking robot, okay. you know, the, the android that we just really cannot tell. It might as well would be it, another person. Yeah. Okay. Would it be, uh, and whether, and I'm not addressing the issue of whether it has consciousness or anything right, like right, that. Right. Just imagining just we can't tell the difference. From outward appearances, it seems to be like a human being. Could you be tricked? But Could you think that you were starting a relationship with a human being and be in a relationship with the robot? Obviously, if it's indistinguishable, you could be tricked. Well, yeah. And by, by the definition of indistinguishable. It, would that fear be enough of a concern for people to to look back on this and say, no, 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 I don't want autonomous, convincing human humanoid robots running around in society. It's hard for me to imagine that world simply because it would require some form of facility that's churning out realistic robots and then setting them loose on a world <laughs> that it, those robots could independently find and quote unquote fall in love with people. To that's, quote, uh, to quote Ian Malcolm, life uh, finds, finds a way. way. But that's you're you're saying something that that seems indistinguishable from life, but may not. Things that are be indistinguishable from life <laughs> find a uh, way. Find a way. <laughs> you have to put the uh in there. I like the important uh. uh. Okay. Well, I honestly I don't think that that is a very realistic scenario. Simply because there's I I can't imagine a, a anything in the near future. Where robots are entering the population at large. No, certainly um, not in the near future. Also, I can't imagine a completely convincing humanoid robot right. in the near future. Not that's, in the near future, that, certainly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, the, the, the uncanny valley is so steep and, and eternal that I, I, I think that robots are going to be a little bit creepy for a very, very long time. Yeah. I've already yeah. got enough creepy human friends. So <laughs> I'm, True that. I'm good. Yeah. You know, some of them, uh, <laughs> At any rate, um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. I, I, I think that it's, it's not going to be something we're going to have. I don't think I'm going to see that be a concern in my lifetime. To Especially be now honest. with that black widow on your head right now. <laughs> Please stop. Um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't think that we're going to get to a point where AI and robotics are good enough to produce convincing human counterparts by certainly by 2050. Now, that being said, if Ray Kurzweil is correct, <laughs> and we have the singularity hit by 2040. It may be a moot question because it Absolutely. may not be that we're talking about robots. We might be talking about the next step in human evolution right. where humans and robots merge in some way or another, in which case, you know, it may be that you're wondering how much humanity is in the person that you are dating. Would, would you guys marry a star baby? I don't know. I was just thinking about Darth Vader, who's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. Yet so erotic. Yeah. <laughs> the way he screamed no at the end of episode three certainly got a uh, a reaction out of me. Uh, it was mostly disgust and <laughs> despair. But hey, you know, enough about my college dating days. Let's wrap this up. All right. So, you know, this. I know that this is kind of a, a weird topic because it's so far removed from what our reality is right now, but it's really interesting, too. And it, it certainly highlights the concerns about ethics and AI in a different way than the way we had talked about in our previous episode about should robots have rights. Uh, this definitely is is very closely um, 
uh, related to that, but it's uh, a very specific case. Check out that podcast if you want some background on what we just talked about. Right. And folks, if you want to join in on this conversation, maybe you have a, a different point of view than what we said here in this podcast, or maybe you've got some insight into this in a way that we didn't anticipate. We'd love to hear from you. You can write us an email. Our address is fwthinking at discovery.com or join in on the conversation online on various social platforms. For instance, Google+, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find us with FW Thinking there. Don't forget to go to fwthinking.com. That's our website where we've got all the podcasts, the video series, the blog posts that are there. Other information is there. You should go check that out too. And we will talk to you again really soon. For more on this topic and the future of technology, visit forwardthinking.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. 
Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give love and logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com.